This is the Westwards podcast, a fortnightly production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. Western Sydney is located on the traditional lands of the Darug, Gunungurra and Tharawal nations, and we acknowledge and offer our respects to all Indigenous people and to their Elders past, present and emerging. Opinions and views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Westwards organisation. If you'd like to ask questions, offer feedback or simply learn more about what we do at Westwards, please visit westwards.com.au. All right, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Westwards podcast for today, Saturday the 23rd of October. My name is James Roy. I am a program manager from Westwards. Westwards is a Western Sydney literature development organisation and it's a beautiful, it's quite warm today, Saturday the 23rd. It's uh, about 30 degrees, maybe a little bit less up in the mountains where I am. You can hear the birds in the background doing their thing. It's uh, great to be finally out of lockdown again. Uh, hopefully this time it's for, for good, but... Uh, just on a personal level, I went to went to a gig last night. Went and heard a, a band play. It was just a duo uh, playing out in the out in the boonies. But you know what? It was so fantastic to get out there and actually listen to some live music and talk to some real people. Uh, not that my wife and and uh, daughter and grandson aren't real people, but you know what I'm you know what I mean. So here we are uh, back out on the uh, out in the town in terms of being able to go out and do a few things. So. Let's hope that this time it lasts. Uh, we at Westwards have been working from home like everybody else. We're very hopeful that pretty soon some of the Westwards people will be able to get back to the, the actual office and do some work from there. But as I've said before, we live in a, a curious time in history. Not a, we have some pretty weird and un, unpleasant things going on, of course, with the pandemic and so forth, but we also live in a time when... There are such things as vaccines and also the ability technologically to work from home and actually uh, almost have face-to-face contact with people. Although if you do want to laugh, I'm not going to go into any of the detail because some of it's kind of scurrilous, but if you do want to laugh, go to YouTube and type in Zoom Fails 2021 and you'll find a couple of people on there who might have forgotten that you only have to click the mute camera button once that if you click it twice it turns the camera off then very quickly turns it back on which means that whatever you're doing in the room uh, is suddenly very visible to all the people that you've been having your meeting with anyway look I won't as I said I'm not going to go into any details but uh, check it out at your leisure slash peril so welcome to the podcast today we've got a couple of pretty exciting bits of news and and so forth so we're going to get into that uh, starting with the birthday So when I say birthday, ordinarily we would be having a quote of the day from somebody who was born on this day in, in history or perhaps died on this day in history. Today it's a little bit different. When I went looking for who was born on the 23rd of October, I came across someone called James Usher. So that's Usher with two S's, U-S-S-H-E-R. James Usher was, he, he was born in the late 1500s and he died in the mid-1600s, and for a long time, he was, or a number of years, he was the 
Church of Ireland Archbishop of Armagh and Primate of All Ireland. And a, a, he was a scholar and a church leader. And it's not his birthday we're talking about, and it's probably not even a quote of his. It's something that he claimed he knew. Now, you're going to probably feel that this is a fairly, uh, fairly loose connection with what we do at Westwards. But look, you know what? I'm just going to say it. James Usher believed that he had worked out the time and date of the creation, as in the creation of the world, as per the and the and the uh, the, and so and he was quite specific. Uh, Now he used the proleptic Julian calendar. Now I'm not familiar with the proleptic Julian calendar, but apparently he can be very specific with it because he claimed that it was the that creation happened or the entrance of the night preceding the 23rd in the year before Christ 4004. So, in other words, around 6pm on the 22nd of, 22nd of October 4004 BC. Now, look, I'm not going to go into what I think of this. I think you can probably tell that I, I, I find this an interesting little argument, uh, especially considering that, well, if creation in fact happened on that day and, and going by the Old Testament creation occurred when there was light. The fact that it happened at 6pm means that there wasn't light for very long before the, the, the light went out for the night. Anyway, look, I'm not going to pick it apart. What I'm going to do is just, I just wanted to raise that with you and say, you know, the idea of creation. What are we doing as we are, the, the biblical account of creation is that there was nothing and then it was all created out of nowhere and, and, and God created the world and the firmament and the universe and all that. And there are still certain groups who believe in this, the 6,000-year creation. Uh, most don't. Even most religious people don't. But look, I'm not, in here to, I'm not here to judge any of those people. Really, my point is that the creation that we're talking about as creative writers and as artists is a bit different. We are not ever creating something out of nothing. Everything we create is really to my way of thinking, just a, a repositioning of things or maybe a reconstituting of things such as... Look, the best example, and I was using this example on the weekend, I was doing one of the Westwards writers groups uh, on Zoom and I was talking about this and the way that characters, in my mind, characters have always been... When we create characters, we're not really creating anything from the ground up. A, crea- a character is very much like a piñata. It's lots of little bits of disparate paper that don't really necessarily relate to each other, but they all come together and form a three-dimensional object that has form and that, that looks unique from any other. And I think characters are very much like that, but I, I also think that whatever we create is very much like that. We never create anything from raw, naked principles. We always create things from experiences and people we've met and, and things we've read and movies we've watched and people we've spoken with and the things we've heard, things we've seen, places we've travelled. Everything we create is really just bringing things that are already created. I think it was Shakespeare who said that there is nothing new under the sun. I hope I haven't misquoted our good friend Will Shakespeare. But uh, look, I guess my point in saying this is that when we talk about creation, we can talk about this idea of nothing to something creation. If we try and do that as creative people, we end up really just going in circles and and not really creating anything. What we should be doing instead, perhaps, is focusing on gathering 
the creativity that has already been created and seeing how we can reinterpret that to say what we need it to say and using the experiences and the and the wisdom of others to to reinvent the way we tell the idea rather than the original idea itself. So let's get on with the news of the day. We've got a, quite a bit to get through, in fact, so let's just get on with it. Uh, first of all, massive news last week, uh, I think it was Friday, the news came out that the Prime Minister's Literary Awards shortlist uh, came out, and Westwards is very proud to announce that one of our regular people that we've worked with a lot, Rawa Arja, has been shortlisted for her young adult novel, The F Team, which is published by Giramondo. Now the connection with Westwards in, in Raja's case is that she she was one of our Westwards Varuna residents. So she a couple of years ago she was part of the Varuna residential program that we we run. She was also then one of our Emerging Writers Fellows, and she then became a Westwards Western Sydney Uni writer in residence last year. She's worked with us as the convener of our after school writing classes and has done podcasts and and online assets for us as well. So. Rawa's book, The F Team, was shortlisted in the young adult category, and we're super proud of you, Rawa. Uh, we're, we're very happy to be associated with you, and we, we are pleased that any small thing that we might have done to assist you in this journey that you're on uh, has, has helped take you where you are, because it's very richly deserved, and congratulations uh, for that success. Now, the announcement is going to be sometime in early December, the winner of, there are five books in each category, and the winner gets $80,000 tax-free, that's amazing, and the four runners-up get $5,000 each. Rawa, who knows, she may win it, she may be shortlisted, but regardless, it's a massive honour for her to be shortlisted, and we're very proud to be associated with Rawa Arja. Incidentally, while we're talking Western Sydney writing, a Katoomba resident in the Blue Mountains, Tegan Bennett-Daylight, she has also been shortlisted in the non-fiction category. So that was for a, uh, a collection of essays titled The Details on Love, Death and Reading by Scribner Press. And she was shortlisted for the non-fiction category. So congratulations to Tegan as well. So that's pretty exciting news. Keep an eye out for when that announcement is made for the winner. But in the meantime, congratulations. So Booktober is still going. If you haven't signed up as a bookworm, make sure you drop by and support our bookworms now at booktober.org.au. It's still not too late to sign up, but it's certainly, definitely not too late to support someone. And our very special survivor, Wei Chim, who we heard from in the uh, mini masterclass uh, last week, she has been very generous and donated book packs and free writing mentorships and all sorts of things. There are a whole bunch of other prizes as well, so that if you have raised a certain amount or there are team prizes or, or whatnot, you can go in the draw for various things. There are book packs from other writers as well. There are all sorts of things. So go to booktober.org.au and check it out. As I say, it's not too late to sign up, but even if you feel it might be, it's definitely not late, too late to support somebody else who is uh, doing all that reading. What a thing to get paid for. And of course they're not getting paid personally. That money is all going to ensuring or assisting young people in Western Sydney to have better access to books and writing and the, pro and the joy that comes with all of that. Speaking of young people, the What Matters writing competition for 2021, the winning entries have all been named. There's a whole bunch of them and these are from young people from the ages of year 5 to year 12, not ages, but the school years, year 5 to year 12, 
writing about what matters to them. And every year we get a certain number of similar uh, topics that are raised. And look, we could be cynical about this and go, oh, they're all banging on about the same thing. But I think a, a wiser way to approach this would be to go, maybe they're all banging on about things like the environment, COVID, the importance of family community, the effects of racism, discrimination, the changing Australian identity. Maybe they're banging on about that stuff because it actually does mean something to them, because it does actually matter to them. I think that's probably the case. So we would, could do a lot worse than to actually listen to what these young people have got to, to say. Part of the prize, as part of our partnership with the Whitlam Institute, who runs this competition, we are donating author visits to three randomly selected schools whose students won the shortlist. And this year, the lucky winners of the author visits are Strathfield Girls High School from right here in Western Sydney, Harrisdale Primary School, which is in Perth, and West Wyalong High School, which is in West Wyalong, which is right out in the middle of, of regional New South Wales. Not that far from where I was born, if that matters to anybody. I was born in Trundle and West Wyalong. Well, when I say it's just around the corner, it's probably a good two-hour drive, but it's still, uh, it's nearby, I guess. Everything's relative, isn't it? So this coming week, we're going to be contacting those schools and discussing who their visiting author might be. And that author, of course, will be talking to whichever class or grade the successfully shortlisted young person from that school is in. So we're very glad that we can, be, we can contribute in some way. But can I really recommend that you make your way over to, first of all, our website, because that's the best way to find it, our website, and then go to the Whitlam Institute's dedicated What Matters site and uh, check out the winners and the shortlisted writers and what they have to say because there's some very talented and passionate and thoughtful young people out there and I think it's terrific that we're giving them a voice. One of the things that we regularly have popping up pretty much weekly on Westwards website and on our YouTube channel, Westwards Official is the name of that, that channel if you need to go and find it. And something that we regularly have popping up is the readings. Now, we try and do this every week, and our digital producer, Christian, is, does an amazing job of tracking down all of these people who are prepared to read their newly released book. And this week, we are very fortunate to hear from Lisa Fuller. Lisa is a First Nations writer from Queensland, and she won the David Inayapon Award for an unpublished Indigenous writer in 2017. She's also spent some time at Varuna doing the, their flagship fellowship and has won a whole bunch of other fellowships and so forth. And her young adult novel Ghostbird, which won the Griffith University Young Adult Book Prize in the Queensland Literary Awards and a number of other prizes as well, and was shortlisted for the Ethel Turner Prize in the New South Wales Premier's Literary Awards. Her book Ghostbird is what we're going to be hearing from today. So the, the premise of this particular book is that you have twins, mirror images of each other, very different from one another, and uh, one night one of them disappears, and the other can't believe that she just ran off without telling her. And there, there are some dream, there's some lucid dreaming and some what feels like uh, magical realism, I suppose, ter dark, terrifying dreams. It's uh, been reviewed in Read Plus as part coming-of-age story, part Romeo and Juliet romance, part speculative fiction, part Aboriginal spiritual revelation, part mystery, a story that is mature on many levels. And having read it myself, I can tell you that it is a very satisfying read. And 
a very confident first novel. So here's Lisa Fuller now reading from Ghostbird. My name is Lisa Fuller. I am a Willy Willy woman, also descended from Waka Waka and Grand Grand peoples. I'm from southeast Queensland originally, um, but I've been here on Ngunnawal and Ambry country in Canberra since 2006. Um, I'm currently doing my PhD in creative writing at the University of Canberra. Um, I thought I would read from my way debut novel, Ghostbird. Um, Ghostbird's actually set in my hometown of Eidsvold. Uh, it centres around two Aboriginal sisters, twins, Stacey and Lainey. Um, they're in their final year of school. Uh, Tace is very studious. She's rational. She wants to get out of town. She's desperate to experience the world. Um, Lainey is more interested in doing the things that she shouldn't be, like sneaking out and doing all sorts of other things. So uh, one night Lainey sneaks out, but she doesn't come home. And the cops aren't interested. Um, and Tay starts to have these really terrifying dreams about what's happening to her sister. So she kind of has to take on a lot. She has to break some rules that she's never done before. She has to take on a lot of racism, um, social taboos, cultural taboos, just to find out what's happened to her sister. Um, I figured I'd read the opening section because it's kind of my favourite. Fire is the centre of our world. It's where everything happens. Cooking, playing, laughing, family, story. Fire means so much more than just a bunch of burning carbon. I sit and watch the embers escape, propelled by hot air swirling upwards. They dance into the sky as the smoke moves steadily in one direction. My twin sister sits right in its way. What's wrong with you? I shake my head as she coughs. Hey, smoke follows beauty, little sister. Or, you know, the wind, which in your case makes sense. You want to talk. Are you sure we're related? We say together, laughing with the same smile, same eyes, but a mirror image. A small freckle above the eyebrow on my right and her left is how most people tell us apart. Mirror twins are rare. Opposite sides of a whole, Mum says, even in our personalities. Lainey is outgoing, sporty and popular. I am not. What are you two fighting about now? Nan comes shuffling out of the dark, a big jewfish in one hand and a massive serratidus in the other. I hop up to go help, but she shoes me away, tossing them to the ground. I stare in fascination at the serratidus. Salmon, the old people call it. As old as we are in this country, they reckon. Whitefellas said they were prehistoric dinosaurs or something. Made sense to us. Sometimes people call them lungfish, because that's what they had. Sitting by the river at night, you'd hear them surface to gasp in air. Nan had already whacked these ones on the head, otherwise that salmon would be gasping now. You gonna just look at it or you wanna eat it? Sorry, Nan. I smile at her as she comes over with her cleaning gear. An old knife, some newspaper and alfoil. I stay close, watching every move she makes, while Lainey sits to the side, acting like a big dainty thing with her, ew, this and yuck, that. Nan looks at me and we both roll our eyes. Anyone would think you weren't black, 
Call yourself my granddaughter, she mumbles in a rough smoker's voice. In my day, you'd figure out how to clean it or you'd starve. Cleaning it is gross, I agree. But I'll take this over going into the shops and eating that boxed frozen fish rubbish any day. I lean too close and Nan growls at me for getting in her light while she's working. She always smells like imperial leather soap, white ox tobacco and talcum powder. Mum said the only thing that had changed changed since she was a kid is the brands. It sounds like it should smell bad, but it never does. It smells like home. Nan, when are you going to let me do that? When I'm sure you can do it proper way. But how will you know if you never let me? She snorts. I'll know before you. Fish wrapped, she takes a stick and digs out some coals, placing her parcels in and covering them. Stretching her back out, she lets out a big groan, then settles down into one of the blankets we laid out by the fire. Nan always keeps blankets in her car, those old scratchy hospital ones. Clean up them guts, granddaughters, and make your nan a cuppa. I go for the guts while Lainey does the tea. We already had the billy on, so we'd be ready for nan. When I get back to the fire, Lainey has hopped onto one blanket, wrapping a second one tight around her. She lifts one side for me and I climb in, cuddling close. We sit in silence, watching the flames. Nights like this remind me of your great-grandmother's old humpy by the river, Nan says, smiling into her teeth. She reaches into a massive bag that she dares call a purse, pulling out her rollies and getting a pre-prepared one, but she dips into the embers till she has a nice cherry on it. She takes one deep drag, puffing smoke into the flames and watching it curl upward. Fear-tinged excitement rattles my heart to life. I know what's coming next. Lainey and I cling closer, clasping each other's hands tight as we wait. He used to tell me the best stories my old dad. Knew a lot of things. Nan's gaze is lost in the fire in her memories. Couldn't teach us much. Not language, for sure. That old protector fellow would have taken us. But he told us what we needed to be safe. Sadness flows out of her then, mingling with the dirt and ash and painting the earth in pain. Another big draw, more smoke. Never say their names at night, daughters, or you'll call them to you. Don't whistle, don't draw in the dirt, don't sweep the ground neither. Not in the night, or they'll come. These fellows here look. She holds her hand out, palm facing out, and does that claw-clenching move that we all know and are scared of, even adults. Drag, puff. If you're walking at night and you feel something behind you, don't look back. Don't run. Sing if you have to. Drag, puff. Stay out of them caves at night, and if you go in them in the day, don't never take nothing from there. If you kick a stone loose, put it back. Drag, puff. Keep your feet covered at night, or you might find something tickling them. Them things like children best, and they'll wake you if they can. Then they'll take you, and we never see you again. They never give back what they took. We knew these things, because Nan made sure we knew them. She still told us every time we were out by the river like this. It was our way. Have you ever seen one, Nan? Lenny asks. Well, now, she says, turning to look at us. The firelight moves strangely on her crinkled skin, 
making her beloved face look spooky. Sure you want to hear them stories? You're not sleeping with me tonight. Her warnings are always the same, but she lets us sleep with her anyway. Yes, please, Nan, we say together. Good, she says, nodding in approval and looking back into the fire. Because you'll need these stories one day, granddaughters. She looks lost for a minute while Lainey and I sit, waiting to have the shit scared out of us. From somewhere behind her, I see a flicker in the dark, like when a wallaby jumps between trees, moving fast. A brief flash of red dances and I frown at it, trying to see. Probably light in the wallaby's eyes, but it looked too small for that. Turning to ask Lainey, I have a second to register the glint of gold and a strange pendant around her neck before clawed, furred hands wrap around her throat. We both gasp as it pulls her backwards out of the firelight. Lainey! I spin to Nan, expecting her to move, but she's still looking into the flames. Nan! She finally turns to look at me with shining red pupils. Stumbling, I feel hands grab hold of my shoulders. Be ready, granddaughter, she whispers, as I'm ripped back, screaming into the dark. So that was Lisa Fuller reading from her book Ghost Bird, which is published by University of Queensland Press. And I urge anyone who is interested to go out and grab a copy and read it. It's very good. A couple of other things quickly before we go. Uh, the Blake Poetry Prize. I know we bang about on about this every fortnight, but it's still it's still open. And maybe this is a good opportunity for uh, for us to consider the gentleman we started with, James Usher, who was talking about creation as being a uh, something that happened 6,000 years ago and he obviously ha held some very strong views about the nature of, of humanity and where we come from and so on and so forth. So maybe that's something to explore in your poem that features uh, faith, spirituality, religion and or belief. And it's a non-sectarian prize and so it doesn't actually have to be about any particular faith or any particular artistic style. But it must have some kind of recognisable religious or spiritual integrity. And obviously to be to win against a lot of the very fine poets who are entering work, it's got to be pretty, uh, pretty conceptually strong and high, highly artistic. What does that mean? Look, I don't know. What does artistic mean? It's such a, such a uh, nebulous kind of thing, isn't it? So Tanya McCartney is still in our clubhouse she's there for another week or so maybe a little bit longer than that and so she's been putting up some incredible stuff for us to enjoy and for young people to enjoy so make sure you get over to westwords.com.au slash clubhouse or you can just go to the westwards site and uh, check out what Tanya's on got on offer for the young people in your life who are interested in creating stories or just simply creativity generally she's got a lot to say and it's all interesting and sound don't forget too that the, the LGBTQIA plus writers group is hosting a poetry masterclass with Lou Garcia Dolnik. Details for that are on our website, but you don't have to be in that group itself. In the actual uh, Westwards LGBTQIA plus writers group, you can attend as a guest. You just need to contact Chris at chris at westwords.com.au and she will be able to sign you up. It's a free workshop and Lou is a, a fantastic presenter and a very knowledgeable and successful poet. And last of all, the Westside Poetry Slam, which we're very proud to help host, is 
It's an open mic night every month. You can come on the night and perform or read an original piece of writing. Uh, random audience members will score just for the fun of it. You could win a support feature slot at the next slam. Now, look, I just want to make the point that uh, we are hoping to get back to in-person at some point, but at this stage it's still on Zoom. So if you go to our website, you will find there the uh, Zoom link. And this particular month, we have Kathy Parker as the guest. She's a writer, poet, spoken word performer from South Australia. She's won or, be, or been runner-up in a whole bunch of different poetry slams around the country. She's been published widely. And she likes to unravel the complexities of humanity, being human, bringing awareness and understanding to mental health. And she is a, a very dynamic and interesting slam poet. So you could, uh, you could get along to that and enjoy that. Oh, I'd better tell you when it is. It's on October the 27th. So when is that? That's not far away. That's this week at 7 p.m. So get along to that if you are in any way uh, switched on or intrigued or fascinated or simply a bit curious about slam poetry. So that's it from us for this fortnight. We'll be back in another fortnight with a, uh, another one of these. Next week, we will be featuring a mini masterclass from Amanda Rose. Amanda Rose is a bit of an influence when it comes to business networking, and she's a freelance journalist as well. And she's going to be talking to me on the mini masterclass about networking for writers and finding work in that kind of way. But until then, as we always say, happy creating. Bye for now.